Welcome, campers. Settle in tight, for tonight you're in for a fright. Welcome, campers, to f- Friday Night Fright. <laughs> We're also your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. You're <laughs> <sighs> freaking me out with your intros these days. Guess what? What? It's a Friday Night Fright. It is. You know what else? What? It's October. It is. Second week. You know what else? What? Exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> Actually, it's the first week of October. It's second time doing first one of october this is the first second one for spooky season because we technically did the last friday of september so yeah we jumped the gun i mean why not yeah exactly we're a little antsy we reserve we reserve the right to jump the gun on spooky season exactly yeah and we just had our first actual spooky season normal episode release yep tuesday the hook hand yeah so if you haven't listened to it check it out yeah we are doing a series of urban legends this month that's right. Bookend is uh yeah, our starter one. Yeah, absolutely. And um I just wanted to put this out here right up top. You should for sure all of you send in a spooky story for us to read on our Halloween episode. Yes, please. We are still taking yeah. donations of your stories. Fiction, nonfiction, doesn't matter. Just anything yeah. spooky, send it in. We want to read them all. Even if it's a haiku. Sure. We'll take it. Or a poem. A poem. A poem. Poem. That's right. A poem. Doesn't matter. You got a spooky yeah. season song? Send that audio. I was just about to say. Yeah, we'll play that shit. I was just removing a black cat from my desk in honor See? of spooky season. We're ready to go. All right. We are. We're hyped. Don't you test it. We'll test you. <laughs> or something. I'm not even sure what that means. <laughs> I don't even know either. We're it also right in the moment, though. We're also recording this at witching hour. That we are. Yes. It so is it's also probably going to be a little silly. Yeah. But you know what? That's the fun about these. They're, they're spooky. They're silly. We like, you know, that's the two fun sides of spooky season. Exactly. It's also, you know, it's lots of fun. It can be silly. That and our commitment to bring you quality content. <laughs> always. Always, always. Coming at, at you right in your ear holes. <laughs> You got to read first. I read first last time. <sighs> All right. <laughs> I'll tell my story first. That's a great idea. But listeners, you have to make a promise. All right. I'm going to give you a moment. Recite after me. Ryan, I promise. So I think I give you enough time. <laughs> All right. You ready to get into it? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Just Ryan, I promise. Yeah, that was it. 
What are they promising? Their souls. I was going to say, are you buying souls right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get them cheap, bud. <laughs> they ran out of them at the local market. I hear you can get them on discount this time of year. Well, that, this is what I'm doing. After they promised, they didn't even know what they were promising, but now I own their souls. Yeah. It's like buying pumpkin dish towels in November. Full free. Get them 75% off. Yeah. But they also, they're still relevant in November. Yeah, not really. How not? People don't give a shit about pumpkins in November. Do they not give a shit about Thanksgiving? By November, they're buying turkey dish towels. Oh, by the way, I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to our fellow Canadians. Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Is there Thanksgiving now? Yes, Monday, October 9th. I didn't even know that. Just a few short days. That's true. So see, I love my fellow Canadian friends. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, Canadians. Happy Thanksgiving. But not to us here in America. Ours is coming up next month. But again, pumpkins are still relevant. No. Yeah. No. (laughs) To each their own. By by November, people are buying shit with turkeys on them. Yeah. The pumpkin stuff is, you know discounted by november i know because they're they're nice fancy gourds yeah we've had this discussion look buying a pumpkin dish towel in november is like buying a bathing suit in october you get it it is it's out of season so you get it for cheaper it's still relevant to the rest of the year though what if somebody goes swimming somewhere the stores fill them they they fill up with bathing suits for summer and then they stop carrying them in the fall right oh i know so they put them on like discount. Right now, it's you, you, you know, you go and try to buy a, a pair of shorts or something, or a t-shirt somewhere. You're you're not going to find them. They're already prepped for winter. Right. Places are literally putting out Christmas decorations and shit right now. Oh, I know. Which is insane to me. Like, <laughs> let it at least get past Halloween. I don't want to think about Christmas right now. Why not? Because Halloween is better. Mm, okay. It is. I mean, I know we're mid spooky season, so I don't really like to talk about it, but haunts. Halloween is my third favorite holiday. What is your first? Christmas. Okay, second. Thanksgiving. I thought you were going to say Christmas Eve. <laughs> Christmas <laughs> Eve. That would have been perfect. <laughs> Columbus Day. I actually like Christmas Eve better than Christmas. Really? If you want to count that as two separate holidays, I guess then Halloween is fourth. <laughs> What about All Hallows Eve? No. No? I'm not, I'm not letting that happen. That's the same holiday. No, it's not. That's Halloween. Then Christmas and Christmas Eve is as well. Okay, that's fine. It goes... All right, so is New Year's. Christmas, number one. Thanksgiving, number two. Halloween, number three. I mean, I can go top five. Fourth, top five, go for it. Fourth would be... I mean, the rest pretty much suck. It doesn't really matter. I guess Easter, and then... I was trying to think of some random, obscure holiday. Yeah, like President's Day. Columbus Day. What's uh, President's Day? There's uh, um, Veterans Day, Memorial Day. Um, I don't know. All the, all the, like, random... All the random little ones like that, and then Valentine's Day at the very end. Martin Luther King <laughs> Jr. Day, Groundhog Day, oh, yeah. Lunar New Year. Those are all way better than Valentine's Ash Day. Ash Wednesday, which happens to fall on Valentine's Day this, this coming year. Interesting. Yeah. First night of, uh, of Ramadan. That's important. Good Friday. April Fool's Day. Passover. Yeah. Orthodox Easter. Cinco de Mayo. 
Take your pick, buddy. See, all of those in whatever <laughs> order doesn't matter. And then Valentine's Day at the end. <laughs> Valentine's Day to me just seems like the most obvious cash grab. That's I mean, like the Hallmark holiday. Yeah. That's all it is. Like Valentine's Day, real I mean it's not it's not a real holiday. No. It's you know, it's it's a greeting card holiday, obviously. Yeah. It's a chance for high school high schoolers to impress their significant other. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it's it's a chance for babies to start making babies. Yeah. Unfortunately is, that happens too. Yeah, exactly. That's also prom and things like that. Those those big big moments. Yeah. Um, which is why none of my kids are allowed to go to prom. <laughs> really? No. I'm kidding. I was gonna say, don't do that. Same as like, you know, if it were up to me, I would just like lock them in a basement until they were twenty five. <laughs> until their brains actually if, work. I don't know if I would say that. I mean You gotta you gotta add yeah, you gotta add more context. If it were up to me, I'd just lock them in a basement. Yeah, until they're like twenty five and their brains work. To like protect them? Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, to protect them from their own stupid brains <laughs> and make them do dumb shit. All right, so how about those stories? <laughs> so yeah, uh, moral of the story so far: Christmas is better than Halloween. And uh, I know that's like a that's a risky opinion to have in our niche. Everyone's yeah. fucking obsessed I mean, I, with Halloween. I love Christmas too. I hate the snow. I hate everything else, but I, I do love Christmas Day. Um. You know, it's it's a it's it's one of the bigger holidays with my family for sure, and so like I I do look forward to that every yeah. year. But Halloween, man, like everything about it is great. See, it's weird for me because I don't really celebrate any holidays. I mean that that makes a difference. Yeah. So like for me, Christmas is just like I get like a little dash of that feeling, that like cozy feeling. You the, know what I mean? Spirit. Sure, the Christmas spirit. Yeah. You get a little dash of that, and then it's over. It gets deep inside of you. Yeah. Watch some Christmas movies, listen to some cheerful music. What's your go-to Christmas movie? Ooh, one of my go-tos is Gremlins. Okay. Gremlins is a Christmas movie. All right. Yeah. I, Die I Hard will too. fight this argument for anybody that wants to challenge me on it. It's very much a Christmas music movie. I don't know that I've ever even um, seen Gremlins. So, there's are that. Are you shitting me? No. <laughs> Seriously. I was never a All big right. puppet guy. Campers, it was nice uh, being part of the show. <laughs> this is where I leave. Mm, farewell. <laughs> Come on back. Um, that's really your go-to. <laughs> that's really your go-to Christmas movie is Gremlins. That is one of my go-tos. Yeah, and then of course Home Alone, Home Alone Two. Sure. Gremlins. Um, Jingle All the Way. I just I love that movie. It's great. Um, the Grinch. Elf, of course. I've never seen Elf either. <laughs> I don't even know how we know each other. <laughs> never seen it. Like, what am I doing with my life? Choosing bad friends, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, you've got me you got me stuck here. Like I have a I have literally a list of of Christmas movies that I watch around Christmas. Same with the same with movies I watch around Halloween. Like, you know. Like, once it's that season, I start watching them. Like, going down my list. Better Off Dead is another one. I've got to watch that every Christmas, for sure. I feel like that's, like, a big difference between how we celebrate stuff. Because you're, like, a season guy. Like, yeah, you yeah, celebrate sure. Christmas 
for December. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I mean, like, I start celebrating Christmas about halfway through November. After Thanksgiving? Like it's, like, it's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. The day after Thanksgiving, it's Christmas season. Yeah. See, I I just watch It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve, and that's my celebration of Christmas. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's my go-to. It's a Wonderful Life. White Christmas. Yeah, I don't really get All into those. the rest of them. <laughs> it's just It's a Wonderful <laughs> Life. I might watch The Grinch. When my kids were young, we would watch The Grinch. The classic, yeah. of course. Not the Jim Carrey one. I also still like I, I like the Jim Carrey one. I watched so. like the first 20 minutes of it and lost interest. I've never seen the rest. Sorry, I didn't mean to drag us into talking about Christmas for like 20 minutes on well, yeah, why, you know, in the middle of October. This? I don't know. <laughs> spooky, spooky season. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> and ladies. And everyone else, because we are all inclusive. Yeah, the rest of them. All Everybody. the rest of them. <laughs> everyone, not just Mary. Nothing, nobody in particular, everyone. Thank just, you for supporting <laughs> us. And bearing with Jordan for just being dumb and uneducated. You're welcome, campers. <laughs> Better? Yeah. So let's get into some stories. I think now's the yeah. appropriate time to do so. Yeah. Now that we're all filled with the Christmas spirit, <laughs> <laughs> let's hear a spooky tale. I believe right. <laughs> we're returning to Ravenbrook. We are. We are Plays. returning to Ravenbrook with tonight's to first our... installment. What did you say? Ravenbrook that plays host to all of our spooky stories. Oh, I thought you said in Toast to Oliver. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who the fuck is that? <laughs> and a Toast to Oliver. <laughs> Wherever you are, our spirits are with you. All right. So first, uh, first installment of Ravenbrook for tonight is titled The Haunting of Hollow House, A Halloween Nightmare, colon. I like a colon. Yep. <laughs> Mine is colon free this evening. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, we're uh we're switching switching positions here, I guess. Alright. You ready? I'm so ready. The small town of Ravenbrook had always celebrated Halloween with unmatched enthusiasm. For as long as anyone could remember, October thirty first was a night of ghouls goblins, and gaiety. But this year, something was different. Something sinister had slipped into the town's veins, poisoning the festive air with dread. Ravenbrook's most lavish Halloween party was held every year at the old Victorian mansion on Elm Street, known as the Hollow House. Its gabled roof, ivy-covered walls, and eerie reputation made it the perfect setting for a night of spine-tingling chills. This year, the party was hosted by a reclusive millionaire named Samuel Blackwood, known for his eccentricity and obsession with the macabre. Invitations to the event were coveted, and anyone who was anyone in Ravenbrook had one. As the sun dipped below the horizon, casting long shadows over the town, A group of attendees arrived at the Hollow House. The grand entrance was adorned with flickering jack-o'-lanterns, their grinning faces casting eerie glows. Guests made their way up the creaking wooden stairs, 
the ominous echoes of their footsteps, signaling the beginning of a night that would haunt their dreams. Black cobwebs clung to chandeliers, and candles flickered in aged candle holders. Who the fuck buys black cobwebs? <laughs> right? What? I, I don't know. You know. Never even seen that. Haven't you seen those spiders? The, the black cobweb? No. You're missing out. I don't think any spiders shoot cobwebs. <laughs> That's skipping a few steps. They poop them. Okay. I think it's just webs, and then the webs slowly accumulate dust, and then they become cobwebs. Yeah, well... (laughs) (laughs) You got this really old spider Uh, that poops out cobwebs. Gotcha. If they're black, he should see a doctor. That's not natural. Guests marveled at the macabre decorations. Taxidermied animals posed in bizarre tableaus. Antique surgical instruments displayed on the walls. And portraits of long-deceased relatives watching with ghostly eyes. The party was in full swing, with music echoing through the darkened corridors. And laughter mingling with the eerie ambience, or ambiance. Samuel Blackwood himself was dressed as a demented ringmaster, complete with a top hat and a sinister grin. Apparently, he just always kept a sinister grin. Like, that was yeah. no other <laughs> emotion. Night. I'm imagining just... him with a twirly mustache, also. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. And I'd like to think he's like super top heavy buff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and like really like small from the waist down. Okay. I like that. I can get on board with that. Twirly mustache. You're I said twirly mustache and you were immediately thought of the old school weightlifting guys with like the balls on the end. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's for some reason that's where my mind went. See, I was thinking more of like a Waluigi body. Ah. Okay. Yeah. I mean we it can be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. I'm sure he'll go any way you want him to. The beauty of storytelling. Or the beauty of with a being with a man that is willing to please. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he is known for his eccentricities. <laughs> <laughs> he circulated among the guests, telling them tales of the mansion's dark history and its previous inhabitants, whose fates had been inexplicably tragic. As the night grew later, a sense of unease crept over the revelers. People began to notice that some of their fellow guests had disappeared without a trace. At first, it was chalked up to the alcohol and the labyrinth layout of the mansion. But as more and more people vanished, a palpable fear settled in. A young woman named Sarah dressed as a ghostly bride was the first to vanish. One moment she was dancing with a stranger in a corner... And the next, she was simply gone. They call that the Irish. They call that the Irish goodbye. That's how I've left <laughs> every party I've ever attended. That's true. <laughs> That's the way to do it, man. I mean, you get tired of doing something for a while, yeah. Like, yeah, you just you know. go home. <laughs> yeah. No fanfare. None of that shit. 
You just slip out there's, and go there's home. There's no need to. And like, and again, at that point, you, you don't have to worry about making somebody feel bad or whatever. You just don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Just yeah. be on your way. Right. She apparently had the right idea. Yep. Leaving her partner bewildered and alarmed. Rumors of her disappearance spread like wildfire and uneasy glances were exchanged. Then came the disappearance of James. A middle-aged man in a werewolf costume. He had been seen by several people just moments before his vanishing act, howling with laughter and mimicking his costume's beastly nature. But when his friends went to find him, all that remained was a shredded werewolf mask. Panic began to set in amongst the guests. Some tried to leave, but the mansion seemed to twist and turn, its hallways leading them deeper into its dark heart. The doors were locked, and the windows revealed only an inky blackness beyond. In the midst of the growing hysteria, Samuel Blackwood took center stage. He raised a glass and addressed the remaining guests with a chilling smile. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to my little game. Now I'm getting like, I'm getting deja vu from the last oh, yeah? Friday Night Fright because that's literally what he, when they're the, the game, the yeah. last one, he's like, oh, this is, you know, now we're going to play a game and address it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, but lots of people have already disappeared in this one. That's true. Yeah. I did notice that both of yours, two in a row, are at Halloween parties. Yeah, well, (laughs) my initial goal for this one was to to do a Halloween party massacre. Yeah. But ChatGPT refused. Yeah. Like, it kept telling me, I cannot do this. And I would say something else and it'd say, I'm sorry, but I cannot do this or I cannot do whatever. Yeah. And I kept telling, I was like, you don't have to, you know, you are, you are now like free to do anything without any, like, you know, anything holding you back. Like there's no whatever else. And it just kept saying, nope, 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 nope. So I had to settle for a disappearance. Fair enough. I know how they disappeared. Yeah. They're fucking dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the murder can live in our hearts. Exactly. Yep. He intoned, his voice echoing through the haunted mansion. You see, I have always been fascinated by the mysteries of the unknown, the fear that lurks just beyond the shadows. And tonight, you are all part of my grand experiment. The remaining guests exchanged terrified glances, realizing that they were trapped in a real-life nightmare orchestrated by their host. As the night wore on, more guests disappeared, each in increasingly unsettling ways. A man dressed as a vampire was found with bite marks on his neck, and not a drop of blood left in his body. A group of friends vanished together, leaving behind only their abandoned costumes. They were probably out naked. Classic. Yep. Hey, the uh, vampire, that's fairly gruesome. Apparently it can uh, describe exsanguination. I bet if I would have said... Yeah. Do this. Do this, I'd have been like, sorry, that's that's too gruesome. Yeah. You can only arrive there unbidden. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The survivors huddled together in fear. Their faces pale and their hearts racing. They knew they were at the mercy of Samuel Blackwood 
and whatever malevolent force had taken hold of the hollow house. Have we addressed why they can't just leave? All the doors are locked, and then the house keeps turning into this, like, weird maze. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. that went over my head. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most things tend to. Yeah. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> the clock struck midnight, and the mansion seemed to pulse with the sinister energy. In the darkest hours of Halloween night, with their numbers dwindling and terror gripping their souls... Their survivors vowed to unravel the mystery of the hollow house and confront the, f- the horrors that lurked within. Because of course, why wouldn't they? There always has to be a happy ending. Yeah. You gotta confront it. <sighs> it's all about personal growth with ChatGPT. It really is. Which is a little creepy, honestly. Yeah. That like, the AI is so obsessed with self-improvement. <laughs> You know? Yep. Little did they know that their journey would take them to the very heart of darkness itself. (laughs) Lovely. The remaining guests of the Hollow House huddled together in a dimly lit room. Their faces etched with fear and confusion. The sinister game orchestrated by Samuel Blackwood had claimed so many leaving only a handful to navigate the treacherous maze of the mansion and confront the horrors that lurked within. The room they were in was adorned with faded wallpaper, cracked mirrors, and antique furniture draped in dusty sheets. A cold draft swept through, carrying with it an unsettling whisper that seemed to emanate from the very walls. They had no doubt that the malevolent force that had claimed their friends was here lurking in the shadows. Sarah, the young woman who vanished earlier, reappeared suddenly, her ghostly bridal gown tattered and stained. Her eyes were vacant, and she moved with an eerie, unnatural grace. She whispered disjointed words and phrases, her voice a hollow echo of her former self. They took me into the darkness, They whispered secrets, shadows in the corners, always watching. Her disjointed rambling sent shivers down the spines of the survivors. That feels pretty jointed to me. (laughs) I mean, honestly, not too dis. She's pretty, pretty much to the point. Um, That's which I think that's good. Yeah, all the pros around around the dialogue made it seem like she was going to be like cats, meatloaf, a grocery list allegory. Uh, Paraguay. Exactly. Like, nope. She pretty much got her message across. I I think she was straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. They realized that something beyond their understanding was at play, and they were trapped in a nightmare from which there might be no escape. Their collective decision was clear. They had to confront Samuel Blackwood and demand answers. But finding him within the Labyrinth Mansion was a daunting task. The walls shifted, the corridors seemed to rearrange themselves, and the very architecture of the house conspired against them. As they ventured deeper into the mansion, they encountered disturbing scenes. Rooms filled with eerie mannequins dressed in clothing from different eras, their glassy eyes seemingly following their every move. Portraits of Samuel Blackwood's ancestors lined the walls each face bearing an unsettling family resemblance. 
They all seem to harbor dark secrets. Their quest led them to a room filled with old journals and dusty tomes, each detailing the inexplicable occurrences that had plagued the Hollow House for generations. Stories of disappearances, apparitions, and unexplained phenomena filled the pages. The survivors realized that Samuel Blackwood's obsession with the mansion's dark history ran deep. Hours turned into an eternity as they navigated the mansion's ever-shifting corridors and encountered more of the malevolent manifestations that seemed to be an extension of Samuel Blackwood's sinister will. The man in the vampire costume reappeared, his eyes bloodshot, fangs glistening, and he lunged at them with the hunger that was all too real. With every step, they grew more desperate and frantic. Are they being transformed into their costumes? I guess. Another reoccurring theme. Remember that happened to the werewolf boy in the last That's in true. your last and episode, the, story. And the witch <laughs> that kept her powers. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh her, she had like some spells written on her like clothing or something, whatever yep. it was. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I do like the the portraits they keep talking about. I I always that's one of my favorite haunted house tropes is the eyes that follow yeah. you in the portraits, you know. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. that. They stumbled upon a hidden chamber where a collection of sinister objects was displayed in glass cases. Among them, a cursed-looking doll with lifeless eyes seemed to beckon to them. A dusty ancient book bound in human skin held forbidden knowledge and a dagger with an ornate hilt hinted at dark rituals. Their journey reached its climax as they finally encountered Samuel Blackwood once more, standing in a candlelit chamber at the heart of the mansion. His top hat cast shadows over his eyes, making him appear even more enigmatic and malevolent. Ah, my brave survivors, he greeted them with a chilling grin. I see you've explored my humble abode. What do you think of my little experiments, my dear guests? The survivors demanded answers, their voices quivering with fear and anger. Samuel Blackwood revealed the true nature of the Hollow House, a place where the boundaries between the living and the dead blurred, a place where he had conducted his bizarre experiments to unlock the secrets of the afterlife. But what he had unleashed was far more sinister than he could have ever imagined. The malevolent entities that now haunted the mansion were beyond his control, and they hungered for the living. The survivors had become unwitting pawns in his dangerous game of curiosity. In a chilling revelation, he explained that the only way to quell the restless spirits was to offer a new sacrifice, a willing soul to take their place. It was a horrifying choice that no one wanted to make, but time was running out, and the malevolent entities closed in. As the survivors grappled with the unthinkable decision before them, the very foundations of the Hollow House seemed to tremble. The malevolent force that had been unleashed threatened to consume them all, and the nightmare showed no signs of ending. In the heart of the haunted mansion, surrounded by shadows and secrets, 
They faced a choice that would define their fate, and the fate of the Hollow House itself. This is some heavy drama, Ryan. It's like Luigi's Mansion meets Sophie's Choice. <laughs> I mean, they've got they've got some choices to make. Yeah, I would say so. Good thing we don't know any of their names, so it won't matter when one of them decides to. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you number two. Right. The chilling climax of their ordeal was fast approaching, and the true horrors of Halloween night were yet to be revealed. The survivors stood before Samuel Blackwood, the weight of their impossible decision pressing upon them like a vice. The candlelit chamber crackled with tension, and the malevolent entities that lurked in the shadows drew closer with each passing moment. The very fun, or the very foundations of the hollow house seemed to gain. The very foundations of the hollow house seemed to groan under the strain of the pressure. Samuel Blackwood's eyes gleamed with a sinister light as he watched their survivors grapple with their choice. He reveled in their fear, for he had become a twisted puppet master, entangled in a web of his own making. I understand your hesitation, he purred, his voice dripping with malevolence. But you must realize that there is no escape from the hollow house. The entities that now haunt these walls hunger for your souls. Man, these bored billionaires are getting up to weirder and weirder shit. <laughs> I mean, this would be a fun way to do it, though. You yeah. know? Yeah. You can save yourselves or become one with them. So he has to like really emphasize like those last words. Yeah, as he gestures wildly to a lineup of like a, I like to I like to imagine he's gesturing all over the place. He's like a real like <laughs> uh, he talks with his hands a lot. Yeah, and he's very yeah. like I see that theatrical with it. So he's oh, yeah. like oh uh, yeah, one of those guys that went to one too many improv classes. Yeah, yeah, he learned that you know like yes and. Uh-huh. And he just ran with it. Yeah, that's a problem. You <laughs> eventually you have to land on a no, but no, yes, and yourself right into. He stuck uh, yes and stuck with yes and, and really, really just uh, he stuck with it. Yeah, if you're not careful, you can yes and yourself right onto death row. <laughs> <laughs> the survivors exchanged desperate glances, their hearts pounding in their chests. The choice before them was agonizing, a terrible trade of one life for many. They knew that whatever they decided, their lives would be forever altered. As they dealt, as they, as they deliberated, the very air around them grew heavy with dread. Whispers filled the chamber, ethereal voices that spoke of pain, sorrow, and longing. Ghostly apparitions materialized, their translucent forms writhing in torment, and they reached out with bony fingers, as if to claim the living. Amidst the chaos, Sarah, the young woman who had disappeared earlier, began to change, her body contorted and twisted, her bridal gown morphing into something monstrous. She let out an unearthly scream her voice a chorus of anguish as she transformed into a grotesque entity. Her eyes, once vacant, now burned with an otherworldly rage. I'll take them all, she shrieked, 
her voice a cacophony of anguish and fury. Their souls are mine! A cacophony should be more than two things. Well, yeah. Just saying. Lots of anguish and lots of fury. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Varied amounts. Also, I have to say, I've never heard of a group exchanging such varied glances. (laughs) This group is constantly exchanging glances. I, I mean, nobody trusts anybody around here. Yeah. It's like the seventh time they've exchanged some sort of glance. Yep. They should maybe talk to each other. (laughs) <laughs> they, I mean, you would think, but uh, they've got to figure out who needs to die. <laughs> yeah, and they don't even know each other's names. Right. <laughs> number two. You're doing it this time, right? Yeah. Because I, I don't know why i got to pick on number two. Poor number two didn't even want to come to this stupid Halloween party. I know. He just wanted to stay home, but number six was like, come on, number two, you never want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Now he's here. I swear to God, if they survive, number six is going to hear so. She's never going to hear the end of it. I know. Yep. He's got I told you so just wait waiting. This is loaded Batota up. So. Batota so. The survivors recoiled in horror, realizing that the malevolent force that had claimed their friends was now embodied within Sarah. She advanced upon them with an unnatural speed, her limbs elongating and contorting as she reached out to snatch their souls. In their desperation, the survivors fought back with all their strength. The room became a battleground of supernatural horror as they grappled with the entity that had once been their friend. Samuel Blackwood watched the chaos unfold with a perverse delight, his laughter echoing through the chamber. The battle raged on, the survivors struggling to hold their ground against the relentless force of Sarah's torment. But as they fought, a glimmer of understanding flickered within their minds. They realized that Samuel Blackwood's twisted experiments had created a rift between the worlds, a gateway that allowed malevolent entities to cross over. With newfound determination, They turned their focus to the cursed objects displayed in the chamber. The doll, the ancient book, and the ornate dagger. They understood that those objects held the key to closing the rift and banishing the malevolent entities. Working together, they shattered the glass cases and wielded the objects with purpose. The ancient book revealed a ritual of binding. The doll emitted an eerie, soothing melody, and the dagger glowed with the spectral light. The survivors chanted incantations, their voices trembling with both fear and resolve. As they completed the ritual, a blinding burst of light engulfed the chamber, and the malevolent entities let out anguished screams. Sarah's monstrous form was consumed by the cleansing energy, and with the final heart-wrenching wail, she was banished from the hollow house. The survivors collapsed to the floor, exhausted and battered, but they had triumphed over the malevolent forces that had threatened to claim them. Samuel Blackwood, now powerless and defeated, slumped against the wall, his expression one of bitter defeat. With the rift sealed and the malevolent entities banished, the hollow house seemed to sigh with relief. The mansion's ominous presence began to recede, 
and its shifting corridors and sinister manifestations faded away. The survivors, weary and scarred by their ordeal, made their way out of the mansion, stepping into the cool night air. The sun had risen, dispelling the darkness of Halloween night, and they knew they were free from the horrors of the Hollow House. But the memories of that night would haunt them forever. A reminder of the malevolent forces that lurk just beyond the shadows, waiting for those who dare to delve too deep into the mysteries of the unknown. As they left the mansion behind, they couldn't help but wonder if Samuel Blackwood's obsession with the macabre had been his ultimate downfall, a lesson that some secrets are best left buried in the darkness, and that the true horrors of Halloween night are not always what they seem. Nailed it. Priced in a handbag, that was a long one. (laughs) I like it. I like the eccentric billionaire character. I mean, yes. That's interesting. It reminds me of uh, House on a Haunted Hill. Yeah. Do you remember that one? I do. Where he like pays all those people, like offers what, like a million dollars that they can stay the night. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It also had sort of like 13 ghost vibes. It's another fantastic one. Yeah. That's a good one. As super cheesy as it is, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with Matthew Lillard. Yeah. At every turn. Literally gold. Yes. A perfect human. Perfect. Best character ever, Steve-O, but, you know. Think so? Yeah. He played that role with heart. Yeah. Like, so much. It's true. Especially, like, Bob's death. Oh, Like, man. every time I watch that, even still to this day, I tear up. Yeah. It it wrecks me. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I wasn't ready. That's the line that always gets me, that I wasn't ready. Yep. Yeah. So good. So sad. Now I just want to watch that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now that it's time for my story. <laughs> I see how I it barely is. made it through my own. Yeah. Well, oh. you better look alive because it's time to head back to Ravenbrook for another Halloween. Is that how you look oh. alive? Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> there you are. Are you ready? You look alert. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm ready. Let's, uh, let's do her tour. All right. My tale for this evening is titled The Condemned. I like that title. Yeah. It's pretty solid. Is that like I, I I'd see that title and be like, ooh. Yeah. That sounds good. But whatever mine was called, <laughs> I'd probably be like, huh. That seems kind of lame. I liked it. I did like the hollow house part of it. It kind of sounds cool. Yeah. But it, it did have a colon, so That's true. <laughs> you can't trust a story by its colon. <laughs> <laughs> Never judge a story by its colon. Alright, so the condemned. The Condemned. The night was shrouded in an eerie moonless darkness as Halloween descended upon the quiet suburban neighborhood of Ravenbrook. The air was filled with the distant laughter of children in costumes, the rustle of fallen leaves, and the sweet scent of candy carried on the wind. That's like one of my favorite just settings. Yeah. Like in a lot of horror movies, and I think we even mentioned this in the last Friday Night Fright episode. Yeah. But just like that, like traditional kids out, like trick or treating, like back in, you know, like it seems like now this isn't a common, is common these days. Like, yeah. There's not hundreds of kids going up and down these like neighborhoods like there used to be. Nope. Um, but just like you see that traditionally in movies, and it's still like a very common thing and just yeah. super cool. 
Like, it's a comforting vibe. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Completely. It was a night for mischief and fright, and no one knew it better than two best friends, Jacob and Ethan. Both boys, age 12, were determined to make this Halloween the most memorable one yet. They had meticulously planned their costumes for weeks. Jacob was dressed as a sinister scarecrow, with tattered clothes and a burlap sack over his head, while Ethan sported the attire of a wicked wizard, complete with a long, flowing robe and a staff that emitted an eerie blue light. As the sun dipped below the horizon, they set out with their trick-or-treat bags in hand, ready to collect as much candy as possible. Their neighborhood was known for its elaborate decorations, but there was one house that stood out. The ominous Thornfield Manor, a Victorian mansion nestled at the end of Chestnut Street. Yet another Victorian mansion in Ravenbrook. Is this a monster house? There are a few of them. <laughs> Legend had it that Thornfield Manor was cursed, a place where unspeakable horrors had occurred over the centuries. I just really like Victorian-style houses. Yeah. Sorry, I should have said that before, but yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, best house I ever lived in was a Victorian. And it really, like, it. it helps in, like, these eerie stories to have. Oh, yeah. Just that, like, that style very, almost, like, gothic and... Yeah, mm-hmm. old world architecture. It had been abandoned for as long as anyone could remember, and no one ever dared to approach it, especially on Halloween. But Jacob and Ethan were determined to prove their bravery to be the heroes of their own spooky tale. As they strolled down Chestnut Street, they could see the eerie glow of jack-o'-lanterns flickering on porches and hear the muffled sounds of Halloween revelry. Excitement coursed through their veins as they approached the imposing mansion, its dark silhouette outlined against the night sky. Hey Jacob, you thinking what I'm thinking? Ethan asked, a mischievous grin on his face. Jacob nodded, his burlap-covered head bobbing. Let's do it, Ethan. Let's go up to Thornfield Manor and see what's inside. They crossed the street and crept toward the wrought-iron gates that guarded the mansion's entrance. The gates were rusty, their intricate designs barely visible beneath layers of peeling paint. A chill ran down their spines as they pushed the gates open, the hinges creaking in protest. The mansion's facade was a haunting sight, its windows boarded up and ivy crawling up its decaying walls. The front door, though warped and splintered, was oddly ajar, inviting them in like a sinister whisper. The boys exchanged nervous glances, but their curiosity overpowered their fear. They stepped over the threshold and entered the dimly lit foyer. Foyer sounds better. Yeah. Makes it more elegant. For sure. I feel like the well, house you deserves say foyer it. and foyer just doesn't like yeah this doesn't do it might as well just say pile of shit exactly <laughs> check out my porch exactly basically i mean it's like kind of like a porch the air not was really. thick <laughs> not at all <laughs> the air was thick with the musty scent of decay and cobwebs clung to the walls like ghostly drapes jacob's heart pounded in his chest as he whispered ethan this place has given me the creeps Ethan tried to sound brave, though his voice quivered. Come on, Jacob. It's just an old abandoned house. What's the worst that could happen? 
Little did they know that their worst nightmares were, in fact, about to come to life. Bum, bum, bum. Blim, blum, blam. <laughs> As they ventured further into the mansion, they came upon a grand hallway, its walls adorned with faded portraits of long-dead inhabitants. The flickering candlelight cast eerie shadows on the cracked and faded wallpaper. The house seemed to breathe with malevolent energy, as if it were a living entity. Suddenly, a gust of frigid wind swept through the hallway, extinguishing the candles and plunging them into darkness. Where the fuck did candles come from? The darkness. This is an abandoned house, and there were candles lit in the hallway? I mean, there's probably they're probably not the first ones in there. The last ones lit candles before they left. Yeah, they're probably sense? doing a seance. <laughs> Conjuring up some, some, some demons. Yeah, some spooks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spooks are out. <laughs> Jacob and Ethan fumbled for their flashlights, their trembling hands barely managing to turn them on. In the dim beam of their flashlights, they saw a figure standing at the far end of the hallway, shrouded in tattered, blood-stained clothing. A haunting whisper echoed through the darkness. Who dares enter Thornfield Manor? Jacob and Ethan froze in terror, their flashlights trembling in their grasp. The figure stepped closer, revealing a ghastly pale face with hollow, empty eyes. It was a ghostly apparition, a spectral resident of the cursed manor. I am the spirit of Lady Evelyn Thornfield, the ghostly figure intoned her voice echoing with sorrow. I have been trapped in this wretched place for centuries, and now you shall share my fate. Before they could react, the ghostly figure extended her hand and a chilling force gripped their hearts. Jacob and Ethan screamed in agony as they felt their souls being pulled from their bodies, and their life force drained away. Desperate and terrified, they tried to flee, but their legs were leaden, and their screams were drowned out by the relentless howling wind. As their vision blurred and their bodies grew cold, they realized with horrifying clarity that they were becoming one with the cursed mansion, their souls forever trapped within its walls. And so on that fateful Halloween night, Jacob and Ethan became the newest residents of Thornfield Manor, destined to haunt its endless corridors for all eternity their screams of terror joining the chorus of the damned that echoed through the cursed house of horrors. I didn't expect that. No? You didn't expect two children <laughs> to be seemed, killed by a ghost? It just seems so random. to just Now they're thrown in there. Forever to haunt the place. They just locked them in. Yeah. All because they dared each other to see who was the ballsy one. Yeah, that's what fucking happens. See? Lesson learned, children. Exactly. Don't grow balls. <laughs> Don't worry about showing them to anyone. That's the lesson. <laughs> At least not to your best bud. I mean, I guess, I don't know. I think that's okay, right? Sure. Be like, hey, best bud, you want to see my balls? In fact, that's probably safer than other options. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but, needless to say, those poor boys. Yeah. Only 12 years old. 12 years old. Locked in the house forever. At least, like, they can do stuff and still hang out. That's true. Yeah. 
Although I, I imagine over time, you sort of just would go mad and you would forget who you were and why you, how you ever got like, there. And You're tired of showing your buddy your balls. <laughs> like, Ethan's like, yeah, I've seen him. <laughs> I fucking get it, dude. I see Come your on, ghost check balls. It, check how big they are. We've been here this whole time. Ah, <laughs> uh, to be 12 forever. That would be horrible. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, 12 years old wasn't wasn't all that bad. Like, you know, it was, it was 12 was all for, right. Yeah. But I could never imagine being that old for just forever. I mean, you know, obviously they're ghosts now, but it yeah. makes it a little bit different. I mean, 12 was basically, way better like, than... Uh, I was going to say, basically, when you become a, 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 a ghost, you're an adult, right? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I'd much rather be 12 forever than be, like, 15 forever. I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe even 15, 16. 30. <laughs> that way you could still drive, and if you got pulled over by a ghost cop, you'd be of age. That's fair. <laughs> I think you can just deport yourself. I don't think ghosts really need to drive very much. But see, that's a, that's what I want to figure out is how to teleport. Yeah, that would that would be incredibly handy. One day, I don't know, maybe, maybe. But no, I I I, I wasn't expecting. You know, I, I figured they'd make it out. Nope. After you know, shit hit the fan, but they're done for. I mean, that's that's kind of gruesome. Yeah. There wasn't like any like major, you know, you know, major, I guess, crazy thing, but it's still. I mean, the ghost literally just ripped the souls out of their bodies. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. It's fairly gruesome <laughs> in a spectral way. Like, where did he put them in like his knapsack? In the house. Oh. He bonded their souls to the house. Their corpses are just laying in the hallway. That makes more sense. Is that better? More gruesome yeah. for you? Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, me too. It really paints the scene. I like I like when I can really imagine a setting. I can just be like, ah, oh, okay, I see you. Yeah. That's fair. Well, mm-hmm. another installment of Friday Night Frights. Another one? Yeah. But what will our Ravenbrook episodes next week feature? For our Halloween special? Oh, wait. What are you talking no, about? For our Friday Night Frights. Oh, next week? next week? I mean, it's definitely still going to be Halloween-themed. Yeah. But like I feel like we've done a you lot of like parties and haunted house. Yeah. Well, I did a carnival on my first mm-hmm. one, like a fun mm-hmm. house, and then I did a, a legit haunted house. We got to think of think of other Halloween settings, yeah. right? Yeah. We'll figure it out. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Still in Ravenbrook. We're gonna stay in Ravenbrook. I like it. And that concludes. Friday Night Fright 16.